Erev Tov, we are on page Lamed Zayin, an introduction of the Rabbeinu Arambam to the Mishneh Torah. Yesterday we discussed Eli, Pinchas, Shemuel, and today we're moving on to the next step. So if you look on the top of the page, so, Ushmuel kibel me'eli u'bedino, Shemuel received the Torah from Eli and his bedin. ודוד קיבל משמואל ובדינו, and David received from Shemuel and his bedin. ואחיה השילוני מיוצאי מצרים היה, אחיה השילוני was from those who left Egypt. ולוי היה, and he was an Egyptian, uh, לוי, he was those of Egypt, he was a לוי. ושמע ממשה, and he heard the Torah from משה, והיה קטן בימי משה, and he was young. Not young, I mentioned last night, not young necessarily in age, but young at least in wisdom. And he received from David and his bedin. Eliyahu received from the bedin of Achia Shiloni in himself. So you have now the next steps. Achia Shiloni. Even though he was alive in the generation of Moshe Rabbeinu Alam Shalom, he received from David HaMelech and his Bedin. And Eliyahu Hanavi received his tradition from Achiyah HaShiloni. So let's look at some of the notes here at the bottom, because these names may all sound standard to us, but there are some hidden things here that we need to elaborate on. In footnote Yud Dalet, Katav Avodat HaMelech, we've discussed him in the past. Ayen Abarbanel, look in the writings of the Abarbanel. Now before I say anything about Abarbanel, you should know that the Abarbanel is really not, his name is not Abarbanel, but uh, there, there are other ways to pronounce his name, Abravanel. Uh, how his name became this perversion of Abarbanel, I don't know, but I, again, uh, my way is to refer to people by what other people recognize and understand. Uh, there's an interesting story mentioned by the Pelioets in... His writings on Galut, on exile. I've written a few times and spoken even more than that about my opinion. My opinion. You don't have to agree with me. That it's it's improper for Jewish people to involve themselves in the politics of foreign nations in which we are in exile. I know that's not the popular opinion. I'm aware that many of you feel differently. I'm aware that many of you have been raised and educated that you are equal citizens of this country and you may be correct from an American point of view or whichever other kingdom, country you're a part of. But from the view of Chachmei Israel, we are an autonomous people in exile. And we stick our nose in our business and allow other nations to do what they do. One evening we studied here an essay, a not so famous essay, from Rabbi Yosef Massas about the Jews in Algeria getting involved in French politics and his condemnation of this and his fear of what it would lead to 
This is not the place for that conversation. But in a similar vein, the Piliwetz mentions the following things in his entry on Galut. It is proper for us, us, the Jewish people, even in places where the oppression is not bad, it's, we're free in a general way. To recognize on our own we are still captives and our inheritance has been given over to foreigners and slaves have ruled over us. And we should not allow ourselves, even in an exile which is relatively free, to show off in our clothing, in our buildings. We shouldn't show off in our happy occasions. We should be very careful that the voice of our celebration should not be heard of our drums and our songs. And even a person that a Kadosh Baruch Hu has expanded his boundaries, meaning has blessed him with wealth, should not show off his wealth in front of the non-Jews in which we dwell. This is a borrowed term from Shira Shirim, that jealousy is more bitter than hell. There's a jealous bitterness, a bitter jealousy, more correct, in which the nations of the world treat the Jewish people and their wealth and their honor. All you have to do is open up any anti-Semitic newspaper, any blog post, any comment. The Jews are rich, the Jews control the world, the Jews and the Jews and the Jews and the Jews. Nothing changed. By the way, in today's world, where you can't talk about the Jews and the Jews and the Jews so much, it's Israel controls the world, and Israel is so rich, and Israel takes all the money, and Israel... Even the little bit of the wealth and the, and the, and the success of Am Israel that certain nations see, they become overcome with jealousy. Both men and women should be tsenuim, modest, again, not by their sleeves and not how long their skirts are. Tsenuim, modest. They should be careful not to show off, to flaunt their wealth, their jewelry in front of other nations. By the way, if you know that the Jews in Baghdad the gold robe, for example, that I wear on uh, Yom Tovim is a Sephardic robe. The Ben Shai had such a robe. Today the Hasidim in Yerushalayim took it from us. But this gold robe has a brown, a very ugly brown coat that goes over it. The reason for it? You don't want to walk in the streets on our Yom Tov and show off. Today it's a holiday, it's a celebration, we're wearing gold, we're royalty. In the streets you wear an ugly brown like everybody else. Look in the laws of the Ben Ishchai and Yichot Tzitzit. 
He talks about not even wearing a fancy talit in the street. To have some kind of very thin talit you can wear under your clothes until you get to the Beda Knesset, and only the Beda Knesset to switch over to something fancy. A number of years ago, members of the Bukharian community gave me a gift of this uh, juma, juma, the, ro- the robe, the embroidered robe. They wear a serious gift, not a costume, to wear at serious occasions. And I remember, uh, for whatever reason, I, I met them and I walked home afterwards. And they were horrified that I would even consider walking in the street with such a robe. We don't want to have an old tradition not to flaunt in front of the nations of the world. They folded it up, they put it inside of a black bag and let me take it home like that. said, even there are Jews that you shouldn't flaunt your wealth in front of. Just be careful. And how much did the Jewish people suffer? How many expulsions? How many evils happened to the Jewish people in Galut? Because we were not careful. We were not careful not to cause jealousy in front of Umot Aonan. Like it's mentioned by the Bravanet. That that's the reason he got the name Abravanel. By the way, I'm not certain at all that this is a historic fact. But the Peleoetz is an interesting spin. His wife had a very precious ring. All those who would see her, they were royal, connected to royalty, the Abravanels. They would all say, Bravo Anilia, bravo Anilia. They would say, bravo, what's bravo? They're commenting on her ring. Says this caused for the expulsion from Spain. Oh, but I don't think you should get carried away here. The Peleuets is not blaming the, the Abravanel's wife for the expulsion from Spain. Obviously, anti-Semitism and the hatred which was sown into that strain of Catholicism But that things like this cause bad things to happen to Amisai. When we're not careful, when we're not recognizing that we are in Galut. You're not home. You're not among friends. V'yaakov avinu amar levanav, Yaakov avinu told his sons, why will you show yourselves off? It's proper for us to bow our heads to accept our exile with love. Which is still remember that we are sons who are exiled from our father's table. And how can we sing on foreign soil.
אבל אתה, נאודייז, ראוי שנהיה דבויים ונשברי לבב ונתקעים בזוכנו ציון. We should be heartbroken when we recall ציון. ורעות רבות שגרמנו, ורב טוב שאיבדנו. To think of all the tragedy that we've caused and what we've lost. וראוי שנעלה את ירושלים על ראש שמחתנו וניכנע מאוד. It's proper for us to bow in submission and to put Yerushalayim above our greatest joy. ובזה יתעשת האלוהים לנו ויחיש לגאוננו. And with this, הקדוש ברוך הוא will hurry to redeem us. ויבנה בית המקדש במהרה בימינו, אמן. And he will rebuild our בית המקדש speedily in our days. אמן. You know, we live in a different time. Part of what causes Am Yisrael to feel so secure, whether you're conscious of it or not, is that we have begun this return home. Am Yisrael can go home. Am Yisrael is not necessarily forced into exile anymore. But that does not mean that we are not experiencing parts of exile, that some of us are not trapped in an exile more than others are. It would be wise for us to remember that when we speak publicly, it's not just Jews in free countries like the United States and Canada and Europe that we're speaking for and about. There are Jews in other countries, which I don't wish to name, that are not free countries. And the things that we say and do directly affect them as well. Yeah, they maybe need to make choices that are better for them. I'm sure there are those who say the same thing about us. I'm not asking you to be frightful, fearful people. If you want to be involved and you want to be active, go home. If you want to talk about the corruption here and the things you want to fix here, why remodel someone else's home? before you have remodeled your own. How long will we proudly wear that phrase that the shoemaker's son walks barefoot? The shoemaker's son should have shoes. Then everyone else can have shoes. You have a country, a country that is not just not perfect, but suffers from terrible imperfections. Do you want to get involved? Do you want to scream? Do you want to protest? Do you want to rally? Go home. Go home. There are millions of Jews in Eretz Yisrael that will thank you. And millions of us around the world who will thank you too for paving an easier return home. As Rav Uziel writes in the early years of the State of Israel, if we wish for Jews to leave exile, not just because of fear, but because they want to go home, We must create the kind of conditions that they are used to in the countries they choose to live in, live in here in Eretz Yisrael. If we can create that, we can make the already attractive Eretz Yisrael that much more attractive. I've departed from my usual area of speech. Let me do a little bit with you here. כתב עבודת המלך חיין אברבנן, לוק אדברבנן שהשיג, that he attacks here, he uh, makes a note, 
דוד אינו בנביאים. דוד is not one of the prophets. כמו שכתב רבנו במורה חלק ב', פרק מ"ה, רבנו הרבם writes in his מורה נבוכים. ולמלאכים לא נמסרה קבלה, and the קבלה of the Torah does not go to the kings. ולטה, but it's not a problem. דוד היה ראש הסנהדרין. דוד, even though he was a king, and he was not a navi, דוד המלך was the head of the Sanhedrin, ושלשלת הקבלה הייתה על ידי הסנהדרין. And the, the transmission went through the Sanhedrin, and that's how David became part of the lineage, of the transmission of the Torah. This is the basic content of the Avodat HaMelech, and if you want to see more details, says Rav Kapach, you can go there and look it up. Look on page 54b of Masechet Zevachim. You know, every time we come across a passage in Talmud, if you want to do something tonight or tomorrow, It would be very wise to write down every time there's a mention of the Talmud. And go home and to look it up on your own. Read this passage in context on your own. Over the year, two years, you will find yourself learning chunks and chunks, segments and segments of Torah Shabbat Peh, of the writings of Rechachamim. And you'll be completing, filling in all the gaps, all the holes on your own. Ayin Zevachim Nudalit Bet. Look in Masechet Zevachim, page 54b. Shehayu Yoshvin Barama. They were sitting in the Ramah. Who's they? Who's they? David HaMelech and Shemuel. Ve'oskin b'noyo shel olam. And they were involved in the noy, in the beauty of the world. Rashi over there says, what is noyo shel olam? To find in the Torah a reference, a place to the Bet HaBechira. Where the Bet HaMikdash is supposed to stand. Why is that called the beauty of the world? Because there's nothing more beautiful than the Bet HaMikdash. The Bet HaMikdash is the beauty of all the world. If Yerushanayim is the most beautiful of all cities, if Eretz Yisrael is the most beautiful of all countries, the Ben HaMikdash is the most beautiful of all the beautiful things. ובמדרש שמואל, מדרש על שמואל, פרח הבד, באותו לילה שברח דוד משאול, that in that same night where David HaMelech was running away from Shaul, למד משמואל מה שאין תלמיד ותיק לומד מאה שנה. In that same night that David HaMelech was running away from Shaul HaMelech. By the way, Shaul HaMelech Alav Shalom was a tzaddik. It's hard to read his life story. It's hard to read the way he treated David HaMelech. It's hard. Who said it has to be easy? Go through the Tanakh again as an adult with adult eyes. Appreciate the complexity, the sophistication, the nuance. Not just do not all superheroes wear capes, but some people can really be heroes. while being imperfect and flawed. That night when David HaMelech ran away from Shaul, he learned from Shemuel more Torah than a student learns from his rabbi over the span of a hundred years. V'ayin Kirat Melech says, look in the book Kirat Melech for more about this. There are many Chachamim throughout the ages where you see they studied by their rabbi and they say, well, this became the main disciple of their rabbi. How many years they studied by their rabbi? Not so long. How did they become the main disciple? There was a connection there. And in that connection, one student was able to receive in a short amount of time what took another student a hundred years to understand. You can't explain this. But there are different types of Talmudin. 
I'm thinking of two examples off the top of my head. Interestingly, both Mekubalim. Harav Chaim Vital, Adam Shalom. When he went to go study Bedari HaKadosh, when he went to go study Bedariza, we know that almost all the books of the Ariza were written by Rav Chaim Vital. Maybe not, maybe all. How many years did Rav Chaim Vital study by the Ariza? Two years. Two years. I believe the Ariza said by Rav Chaim Vital, I once saw in a book, maybe in the Shifchei Hari, he said about him that if I only came into the world to teach Rav Chaim Vital Torah, that would have been enough. Who said the same line? Chacham Alam Shalom, the Rosh Purat Yosef, said the same thing about Rabbi Wadi Yosef. You know, I heard the story from Rabbi Wadi Yosef. When I was by Rabbi Wadi Yosef, he was telling the girls from the seminary that they should marry Tamil Chamim. And he said when he married his wife, Margalit, when he first dated her, his father-in-law didn't want him. He was some poor Iraqi Tamil Chacham. And she was from a wealthy Syrian family. And he went, the father-in-law went to the Rosh Yeshiva, it was Syrian. And he asked him, he said, how are you going to let my son, my daughter marry some uh, poor Baghdadi boy? And he said, if I only came to the world, if Shivat Porat Yosef only was created to teach this boy of Adiyah Torah, it would have been worth it. And they got married. And the rest is history. There's a famous, famous Hasidic master. His name is Rabbi Tzadok HaKohen of Lublin. Rabbi Tzadok HaKohen was not from a family of Hasidim at all. <laughs> at all. And when he joined the world of the Hasidim, he started publishing books, of, you know, published his own books of Hasidut. I believe I read somewhere that the first book of Hasidut that he published was eight months after he became a Hasid. Eight months after he became a Hasid, he had already embodied the teachings of his master and his lineage and his teachings that he was able to now share with the world. How could one study eight months and one study two years and be the experts? That's the way that it is. David HaMelech in one night was capable of receiving from Shemuel what other students couldn't accomplish in their whole life. I want to get in a few things in Shulchan Aruch. For tonight, I want to summarize as follows. We mentioned in the Pelioets that it's important to have Anava, to be humble in our exile. I cannot tell you enough. We will not solve the problem of anti-Semitism. We will not solve the baseless hatred that many people in the world feel towards us. We look at the suffering of other nations, of other people, even in this country. And I am not certain that anything in the world could solve this problem of hatred. Hatred is a, is a disease of the worst condition. You're afraid of corona? Be afraid of hatred. Be afraid of racism. Be afraid of bias and prejudices. Those illnesses come into a person and to rid a person of them could take a lifetime of work. They're irrational. They don't make sense. 
and worse than they don't make sense, they are pure evil and destroy the world. It's important when we engage with the world. It's not logical. Stop thinking so logically. I have a house. Everybody has a house. I live in a mansion. They live in mansions. I have a car. Stop thinking rationally. It's an irrational hatred. And ask yourself, I have money. I have a beautiful home. I feel like I skipped a line here in the Pedavetz. Pedavetz mentions, build a beautiful home. The outside should look like a sukkah. The inside should be a palace. Wear beautiful clothing. But where are you going to wear those beautiful things to? Come to Bera Knesset. Beautiful. To work. You have beautiful children. Smart children. I'm not sticking my head here now in Ein Hara and such concepts. You have beautiful children. They're smart. They grow. They're wonderful. Don't show them off to the whole world. You don't know who's looking and who's jealous and who's angry at you. And the second message. When we find the right kind of Chachamim to study Torah from, it doesn't make a difference how long or how short you have had the opportunity to study Torah from them. Recently there's a friend of mine. We reached a... Thank you, Facebook, that reminds us how long we know each other for. I said, I can't believe it's only been two years. I feel like I've known you since the day I was born. There are people like that in the world. You marry somebody, and that person is your soulmate. And they finish your sentences. They know what you're going to say. They know what you're thinking already before you think it. And if you think, how well do I know this person? How long have I known this person? Six years, seven years, ten years, fifteen years? There are people who know you for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. It's not about quantity, but about quality. I'm asking you, when you find those chachamim that you feel at home with, that you feel you can trust, don't let go. Don't let go. Be there to support the stumbling knees of Rabbanan, as Talmud mentions. Be there for those people who have given you, Bezat Hashem, I bless us all, that in this journey of the Torah, we should find the kind of places where the Torah that we study should feel natural, should feel like this is where I always was, I was born here. I know that I found that place. I know that Baruch Hashem, with so many of you, I found a beautiful Ben Amidash to study Torah with. And I bless us all, that we should always have this safe refuge, always have this oasis in the desert. Who cares what happens outside? As long as we have this and we have each other, we'll get along just fine. Even if we're running away from the persecution of Shaul HaMelech. In one night, what we can accomplish together might take other people 100 years.